share 10 verses of Scripture. Very familiar passage of Scripture for Palm Sunday. That's what today is. Today's Palm Sunday. It's the day that Jesus made his triumphal entry uh, to uh, Jerusalem, riding on the back of a donkey. Very familiar passage of Scripture, but I'm going to share a different twist and thought on it today. Mark chapter 11, verses 1 through 10. I'll be reading from the New King James Version. The Word said, Now when they drew near Jerusalem to Bethphage and Bethany at the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples, and he said to them, Go into the village opposite you, and as soon as you have entered it, you will find a colt tied on which no one has sat. Loose it and bring it. And if anyone says to you, Why are you doing this? Say, The Lord has need of it, and immediately he will send it there. So they went their way, and they found the colt tied by the door outside on the street, and they loosed it. But some of those who stood there said to them, What are you doing, loosing this colt? And they spoke to them just as Jesus had commanded. So they let them go. Then they brought the colt to Jesus and threw their clothes on it, and he sat on it. And many spread their clothes on the road, and others cut down leafy branches from the trees and spread them on the road. Then those who went before and those who followed cried out, saying, Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the kingdom of our father David that comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. I want to preach to you for a few moments today. A different thought about this. I preached a lot on the Hosanna. Preached a lot on the the fact that the same people that shouted Hosanna were the same people that one week later were shouting crucify him. But today I want to focus on the cult and Jesus' instructions to his disciples. I want to share a message with you this morning. I've simply titled, The Lord Needs You. The Lord Needs You. If you will, pray with me and for me one more time today. Father, thank you for your presence. Thank you for your word. Thank you for all we've celebrated today. I pray, Lord, for the next few moments that you would just remove every hindrance that would prohibit us from hearing from what you would speak to us. That, Lord, you would anoint these lips of clay, that I would not speak my words, but, Lord, it would be your word that would come forth today, and that your word would come forth in the power and the demonstration of your spirit. Pray you would anoint every ear to hear and every heart to receive what you want to speak to your people on this Palm Sunday in 2023. Lord, more than anything, let us leave differently than we came, because we've been in your presence today, and surely we have. Now, God, let us be changed by your word. We'll give you the glory, the honor, and the praise in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. You may be seated. If you'll help me and pray hard, I'll go quickly. Amen. With all the baptismal candidates that we're celebrating today, I think it would be appropriate, though, for me to do something more than just preach. I want to remind us of something today, and I want to proclaim something. Uh, And I want to proclaim that today can be your day of deliverance. See, it's not just always the lost that need to be delivered. Sometimes believers need deliverance as well. In the 845 service, one of our baptismal candidates testified, and here's what she said. This was what she said. I received the Lord many years ago, but I became a teenager. I became bound with depression and anxiety, and I had suicidal thoughts, but God delivered me. And she said, I want to be baptized again. Listen, today, regardless of what you may face or what you may struggle with, today can be your day of deliverance. Bondages can be broken. Captives can be loosed. And prisoners can go free. Because Satan's power can be broken from your life for good. I said for good. 
I'm tired of seeing people that experience a breaking of that power temporarily only to struggle with it no sooner than they exit those doors right there. Today can be the day that that can be broken from your life for good. And in this passage of Scripture, Jesus says to his disciples, in other words, he says, go to town, and when you see a colt tied up, loose him. Say, loose him. Loose him and bring him to me. Now, as believers, how many people in the room today are believers in Jesus? All right, see, I just got the loss to admit your loss because you didn't raise your hand, right? If we're a believer, everybody that's a believer in Jesus, if we're a believer, we are a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. And isn't that what we are supposed to do as disciples? Jesus told his disciples, go to that colt, when you find it, loose him and bring him to me. To loose those who want to be loosed. I'm going to preach right here for just a minute. You have to want to be loosed. I'm about to say something that is not real popular today. It's not something that packs churches out and fills them to capacity. But you have to want to be loosed. I'm tired of seeing people come into the house of God and enjoy the presence of the Lord, the Spirit of God that we can feel, enjoy the presence of the Lord that we have visually witnessed, make a difference and a change in people's lives that got baptized today, only to go out those doors and continue living in sin. We live in a society today that there's a lot of preachers that don't want to preach on it because they're afraid of who's not coming back. Well, this preacher's made a commitment to the Lord. I don't want, it's not my intention to offend you, but I'd rather you say I'm mad and not come back than for you to not make it to heaven. Sin will keep us separated from God. But there's good news. I said there's good news. We can all be loosed. Can I get a witness? We can all be delivered. Anybody glad this morning you've been delivered? Luke chapter 4 verse 18. This is what Jesus himself said. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, and to set at liberty them that are bruised. In other words, to loose them that are bruised. As believers, that's what we're called to do. We are on an assignment. If you said you were a believer just a minute ago, listen, our purpose and our mission is to destroy the works of the devil. Did you hear me? It's not to just give him a hard time today and let him have a heyday tomorrow. Our mission and our purpose is to destroy the works of the devil. Look what the word said in 1 John chapter 3 and verse 8. He said, he that committed sin is of the devil. There it is. Did you hear how quiet it got when I said that? He who committeth sin is of the devil. For the devil sinneth from the beginning. Watch this though. For this purpose, because the devil sins from the beginning and he that commits sin is of the devil, for this purpose, the Son of God was manifested. That means he came to earth and lived in a man's body. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested, gave his life on the cross, that he might destroy the works of the devil. I came to tell you today, if you are a believer, Satan has no right or no authority over your life. 
Everything Satan holds, he holds illegally. He's nothing more than a trespasser. Jesus said, loose it and bring it to me. Now, I want to share something this morning. It's not meant to be offensive. And if the, if, if the person is watching maybe online or maybe even here today and I've not seen you, don't be offended at me, but i got to share this because I, I need everybody to understand something today. Recently, somebody got saved, and they were attending here, and they, they do still watch online. I think work schedules maybe has, has um, hindered them from being here. But the, just a day or two, I think the next day after being saved, they began to contact me, and they began to tell me that, the, the enemy, the, or they didn't say the enemy, but voices were speaking to them. Voices were in their head. Voices were waking them up at night. And for some reason, the answer that I gave was maybe labeled as a little bit insufficient. It wasn't exactly what they wanted to hear. Well, what answer did you give, Pastor Sean? Here's the answer that I gave. Let me tell you what to do. And you can do this if the enemy is speaking to you. And the devil is speaking to you. You can do this. I said, you just begin to speak the name of Jesus. Say his name out loud. Because there's power in the name of Jesus. When you say Jesus, devils tremble. When you say Jesus, hell begins to get nervous. When you say Jesus, demons begin to flee. Listen, there is power. Don't ever doubt it in the spoken name of Jesus. And when you say his name, I can't even say his name over and over without feeling that power begin to rise up. Anybody with me this morning? When you speak the name of Jesus, listen. There is no devil stronger than the name of Jesus. There is no bondage stronger than the name of Jesus. But I want you to watch what Jesus said. So Jesus told his disciples, he said, loose it. And bring it to me. As disciples, that's our job. is to help people get loosed. Bring them to Jesus. But then you know what Jesus told them? The next thing he said? When you do and they say, why are you doing this? In other words, Jesus said, when you do, expect opposition. Expect a challenge. Expect resistance. Expect confrontation. In other words, expect a fight. Listen, folks, the reality is this. The devil never surrenders without a fight. The devil never gives up without a fight. But the point is, when the Lord commands you to be loosed, nothing can hold you. There's no devil big enough to keep you bound. There's no voices loud enough that will be louder than the spoken name of Jesus. And Jesus said, here's the reason you're loosing this cult. This is what I want to preach on today. Jesus said, I need him. I need him. Can I tell you this morning? The Lord needs you. The Lord needs you. Listen, I don't care where you've been or what you've done. I don't care what you might have even done last night or this morning before you got here. You might be sitting here right now and you may be bound with sin that some would even think unimaginable. But the bottom line is this. You hear this preacher and you hear me well today. The Lord needs you. And the Lord wants you. Can I get a witness, somebody? Listen, we are all ex-somethings. 
We were all bound by sin and the trickery of the devil at one time, but God set us free. Is there anybody in the house this morning that can testify God set you free? In this room this morning, there are ex, some of them I baptized. There are ex-drug addicts. There are ex-liars. There are ex-thieves. There are ex-fornicators. There are ex-alcoholics. There are ex-porn addicts. But a man named Jesus came and set you free. And if you can't say you're an ex-something this morning, that's just because you haven't divorced your sin yet. You're still married to it. You need to file for divorce, put notice on the devil, let the judge make the ruling, cut that off, and walk away free in the name of Jesus. I'm going to try to hurry through the rest of this. I want to share something with you, though, so that you understand, because, you know, a lot of people will not hear this anywhere else except in the house of God. You are valuable. You are valuable. Regardless of what the devil has told you, you are worth something. And not only are you worth something, you were created in the image of God. And you matter to Him. You are valuable and you are vital to the plan and the purpose of God. Now when I was typing that out in my sermon this week, I couldn't help but remember. Anybody seen the movie The Help? And I saw Abilene sitting there rocking the baby. How many knows what I'm talking about? She said, you is smart. You is pretty, and you is important. I can't tell all y'all that you're smart and you're pretty. But I can tell you you're valuable and you're important. You're vital to the kingdom of God. Listen, church, that's the message. That's the whole message of the gospel. That's what we're going to celebrate. We're celebrating today and we'll celebrate next Sunday. Everybody can quote this with me. I didn't give it to Brother Eric to put on the screen, but John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever, it don't matter who you are, believeth on him, should not perish, but have everlasting life. That is the message of the gospel. Every single soul is valuable and vital to God. You are valuable. God paid the highest price. Is there anybody in the house this morning? That would give your child and watch them die so somebody else's could live. Anybody. I don't see a single hand. And as much as I love you, I love Shelbo better. I'm sorry. And I love Abby better. That's a whole other sermon right there. None of us would do that. None of us. We all love our children too much. But that's how valuable you were to God. He willingly, think about that, gave his only child so that he could redeem us back to himself. You are vital. You know what the word vital means? Vital means urgently needed. Indispensable. Essential. Absolutely necessary. Crucial or critical. Listen, your body cannot live without blood. It can't live without a liver. It can't live without kidneys or without lungs, without a heart or without a brain. But that one's debatable for some of us. I'm just joking. But as vital as those organs are, hear me, to your body, you are vital to the kingdom of God. What do you mean, Pastor? 
I mean, you are indispensable to God. Did you know that? You are indispensable to God. Somebody says, no, wait a minute, preacher. You're getting out in left field there. No, you hear me. There are people in this room this morning. You can reach lost people that I'll never reach. Some of y'all that God's delivered from drug addiction, I don't know anything about that. I don't have any drug addicts that that I run around with. Aren't y'all glad? But some of you have some friends that are struggling with that same addiction. Some of y'all that God delivered from other things, you got some friends that are still struggling with that same addiction. Listen, you are indispensable to God because you can reach somebody that I may never reach. Now hear me when I say this though. If you're completely unwilling, God will use somebody else to make sure the message of the gospel gets there. But that does not change the fact that you are indispensable to God. The impact that you could have. We've heard it said many times, God doesn't need me, but I sure need Him. God can make it without me, but I can't make it without Him. God can do it without me, but I can't do anything without Him. God is all-powerful, but I'm weak and helpless and powerless. And I know all those things sound very humble, and some people mistake them to be spiritual because they're self-denying and God-exalting, and both of those things are great. But the truth is, that's not biblical. In fact, it's actually in opposition to what the Bible teaches. What this mindset does is it separates us from God and it puts us, after we've been saved and delivered, it puts us uh, and God and His power uh, separate. Instead of God and His anointing inside of us, it puts God and His power outside of us. It puts God all the way up in heaven somewhere on a throne surrounded by angels, and He is. And it puts us down here on this earth just, you know, weak and lowly, barely getting by. This will preach to a lot of Pentecostals this morning. Just waiting on the next blessing. Need another blessing to get me through. I'm just waiting on the Lord to move. You know what I'm talking about. That's what this mindset does. Maybe God's waiting on you to move. Did anybody hear me say that this morning? Maybe God's waiting on you to move. We shouldn't just be trying to make it over the next mountain. See, that's what that mindset does that I just told you about. It it may sound spiritual and it may sound humble, but it's not biblical. 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 16. I didn't give Brother Eric these scriptures, but you, if you want to fact check me, go ahead and write them down. You can fact check me. 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 16. My Bible tells me that my body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. That means it's the dwelling place. 1 John 4 and 15 tells me that God dwells within me. 2 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 16 tells me that God lives in me and walks in me. Listen, God doesn't just call me up. Text me, email me, he doesn't DM me, tweet me, and thank God he doesn't Snapchat me. Can I get a witness? While I'm right there, let me just say something about that. I know it's modern technology and everybody loves to use it. I don't have a Snapchat and I'm not just saying this because I don't have a Snapchat. But parents, now kids, y'all loved me so much after Winterfest, don't despise me after today. If you're letting your children use Snapchat, you don't know what you might be asking for. I know that's not popular, but anything, anything that can happen and be gone in 10 seconds, there's a reason it was designed that way. But then I want to tell you something. Listen to me, young people. Listen, listen. I'm a pastor. I've seen it all. I mean, I've seen it all. 
I've had people come lay phones down in front of me that had more than I wanted to see. I've seen the Adam and Eve version. You know what I'm talking about? I've seen it all. Listen to me, young people. I know that the world system likes to try to convince you to do that and pressure you to do that. It might only stay out there 10 seconds, but it only takes one second to do that. And then there's a permanent screenshot saved. Did you hear me? So I'm just throwing this in here for free this morning. Parents, I'm saying it again. If you're letting your children have Snapchat, you don't know what you might be asking for. Thank God, though, the Lord doesn't Snapchat me. He doesn't just drop by to visit me every now and then. You know what he is? He's a permanent resident. He walks through my feet. He touches through my unholy hands, thank God, sometimes. He speaks through my lips. Listen, when you, he does the same thing for you. When you show up, God shows up. When you get there, God is already there. Listen, the kingdom of God is not a place somewhere over the rainbow where I go when I die. The kingdom of God is a present tense, right now reality. It's right here, right now, in me and in you if you've received the Lord into your life. Luke chapter 17 and verse 20 and 21. Watch what it says. The kingdom of God does not come with observation. Nor will they say, see here or see there. For indeed, the kingdom of God is within, where? You. The kingdom of God is within you. That means the authority and the power of the kingdom of God is inside of me and inside of you. When you show up, the kingdom of God shows up. Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 20. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ask or think, watch this, according to the power that works, where? In us. Romans chapter 14 and verse 17. For the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. It's in the Holy Spirit because it's a spiritual kingdom. 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 9. For we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field. You are God's building. You are God's dwelling place. Listen, let me say this again. We are fellow workers. As a pastor, I have to say this, because I love to serve notice on the devil. This church is not in competition with any other church. We're in a partnership together to build the kingdom of God. We're working together, but in this body, we are partners in this work. God has chosen to partner with us to bring in the harvest and to establish the kingdom. Now listen, God is spirit. And we are flesh. Somebody said, oh me. We are flesh. But you know what God needs, church? God needs our flesh to touch other flesh. He needs our hands to touch. He needs our feet to walk. He needs our lips to speak. He needs our flesh. And we need His Spirit. His Spirit in us. The anointing in us empowers us to be His witnesses. Listen to me, church. If you don't go, God doesn't go. If your hands aren't reaching out, God doesn't touch. If you don't open your mouth, God may not speak to somebody. Romans chapter 10, verse 14 and 15. That's what the Word said. I'm not preaching anything crazy to you. How then shall they call on Him whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in Him of whom they have not even heard? 
And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings of good things. Just as Jesus brought God to us, now we bring God to others. Jesus said in John 20 and 21, As my Father has sent me, even so send I you. John 17 and 18, Jesus in his high priestly prayer said, As thou hast sent me into the world, even so have I also sent them into the world. Just as Jesus was anointed to heal the sick, cast out devils, and set captives free, did you know that you and I are anointed to do the same thing? We're supposed to continue the work that he started. Our text today said this, The Lord has need of him. The Lord needs you. Listen, you are important to the program of God. I'm just about finished. God cannot get the job done the way that he would like to without you. Over 2,000 years ago, God lived in the body of a Jew named Jesus. And today, he lives in the body of a man named Travis or a man named Corey. Or a woman named Cheryl. Or a woman named Janelle. Just like God lived in the body of Jesus and walked this earth all those years ago, put your name in the blank. That's where Jesus lives today. It's through us that God will manifest and reveal himself to the world. Jesus said, you are the light of the world. And you might feel inadequate. That's the devil's number one tactic. But 2 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 6, I love this said, who also hath made us able ministers. Say able. Able ministers of the New Testament. Not of the letter, but of the Spirit. Because the letter killeth, but the Spirit giveth life. You're able. You know why you're able? Because you have the blood of Jesus. Because you have the name of Jesus. Because we have the Word of God. And because we have the power of the Holy Spirit. I didn't give him these scriptures, but Ephesians 1 and 4 tells me that you are chosen. 2 Corinthians 1 and 21 tells me that you are appointed. And Luke chapter 10 and verse 1 and 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 9 tells me that you are able. You have what it takes to reach this lost and dying world. If you have not watched the news lately, surely time must be winding down. Because of the condition that this world is in, God helped the church to wake up and carry the message of the gospel outside of the four walls of the church so that the lost may be saved. You are able. You have what it takes. You have the right stuff. I just had a song hit me. Y'all probably know which one it was. Baby, you got the right stuff, baby. But listen to me this morning. God wants you on his team. The Lord needs you. We always want to leave the work for somebody else. Because we think maybe we're not ready. We can't do it. I can't listen. Listen to me this morning. Go ahead and come to the music, please. Please don't wait until you think you have your life all put together to come to Jesus. I don't read of anybody in this book that had it all together before they came to Jesus. I don't see anybody in this room that had it all together before they came to Jesus. Don't say, I'm, I'm, I can't do it. I'm not worthy. I can't do the work. I'm not ready. I got to wait. I got to wait. I got to fix this. I got to fix that. No. 
I got to give up this and give up that. No. Mm -mm. Let me explain something to you very quickly. I know what time it is. One of the things I teach in this church is this. Salvation is instantaneous. You invite Jesus into your heart, you're saved like that. You confess your sin, you're saved. Sanctification is a process. I promise you the Lord will be patient with you. And for the people that aren't patient with you, don't worry about them. I'm serious. The self-righteous church people, hello somebody, that don't want to be patient with you because you're going through a process, don't worry about them. You ain't going to heaven for them anyway, but you sure don't want to go to hell because of them. Salvation is instantaneous. Sanctification is a process. You don't have to have it all together. All you have to do is just bring it to the feet of Jesus. The Lord needs you. Do you realize that, church, you may be the only people, the only Jesus that people ever see? You may be the only Bible that people ever read. We're quick to tell people, don't look at us, we can't help you. Just look at Jesus. I don't even tell people that myself. I've said before, I can't help you. They can't help you. But I can direct you to a man that can help you. And while that's true, the Lord convicted me this week as I read across another passage of Scripture. Peter and John came upon the lame man laying at the temple at the hour of prayer. They were on their way to church. They came upon that lame man. And he was begging alms, the Bible said to them. He wanted money. Begging money from them. You know what the Bible said Peter and John said? Somebody said it at 845. Does anybody know? I heard it. Look on us. That's what, that's what they said. Look on us. I got some new revelation when I thought about that this week. Because sometimes when people look at you, if you'll just get them to look at you, they'll see Jesus. Did you hear me? They said, look on us. In other words, look at me. Anybody ever got your kid by the shoulders and said, look at me? Anybody ever done that? Oh, come on now. Tell the truth. Abby will tell you, I've done that in years past. I don't do it now. Although I was talking to a grown adult woman the other day. She wasn't saying anything wrong or anything bad, but I think this is another part of society where we've become contactless and peopleless and our people skills lack. Anybody know what I'm talking about? So I was talking to this lady and she was talking right at me. It was driving me crazy. She was looking over here. I wanted to go, I'm right here. She's looking over here, talking to me. I'm right there. She just kept talking, looking that way. I thought, I wanted to go, look at me. Peter and John, though, you know why they said, look on us? They wanted to make eye contact with that man. Look at me. I don't have the money that you need. We can look at this world and tell them, I don't have the fix that you need. I don't have the drugs that you need. I don't have the alcohol that you need. And in this society that we're living in, we've gone crazy, so I'm going to go ahead and say it. I don't have the sex that you need. We're a messed up world. How many knows it's the truth? But they can look, you can look them in the eye and say, but 
what I do have. I've got something inside of me. What I do have, I can give it unto you. And when you receive it, you can get up in the name of Jesus and walk. What I have. Oh, I feel the Lord when I say that. What I have, I can give to you if you'll stand with me all over the room this morning. If you're a believer, you've got the same Holy Spirit the apostles had. You've got the same Christ in you, the hope of glory. Listen, if you're not, or maybe you are struggling with something today, I know in a crowd this size, there's somebody in this room that's struggling today with something. But I want to tell you this morning, I don't care what may have you bound today. I came here in the name of Jesus to speak that name over you and proclaim to you that you can go free today. The Lord needs you. And He sent me to tell you today you can be loosed in the name of Jesus. Colossians 2 and 15. Having disarmed principalities and powers, He made a public spectacle of them triumphing over them in it. That's why He went to the cross. Listen, Satan's power over your life is broken. Jesus bought your liberty with the blood that he shed on that cross. I'm going to close with this scripture. Zechariah chapter 9 and verse 11. As for you also, because of the blood of your covenant, I will set your prisoners free from the waterless pit. Listen. By his blood this morning, you can come out of every pit. Every yoke can be broken. Every bondage, every addiction. Jesus is here to set you free. And not only that, I came to tell you this morning, He wants to set you free because the Lord 